be like All right, everybody, it's time for Walk the Line here at Michigan State University. My name is Dan Cryer, and on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about NCAA Football Week 4 and NFL Week 3. So the first portion of the show is going to be Brooks Lambeer, who I see entering the studio right now. Brooks, please take a seat. And here he is. So, Brooks, say hi to everybody. Oh, hey, how's it going, Dan? You know what, buddy? I'm in a better mood than I was last week because it is time now to put the Oregon game behind us and move forward with the Michigan State Spartans 2014 football season. Eastern Michigan's coming to town. Michigan State is 46-point favorites, which kind of tells you what people think is going to happen there. This is a team in Eastern Michigan that lost 65 to nothing to Florida. So it's one of those weeks where, you know, school's going well. It's a good start to the semester. And now it's time to watch Michigan State feast on a couple non-conference opponents. So I'm in a good mood. The boys from Ypsilanti, the Eastern Michigan University, are they the Eagles? I'm pretty sure they're they are. The they are the Eagles. Yep. Yep. The Emu Eagles are coming into here to East Lansing, and Michigan State is going to be really, really angry about that Oregon ending and that Oregon giving up 28 straight points. So it's I've seen minus 45 and a half, minus 46. And the funny thing about it is the over-under is only 54-and-a-half, and that's reflecting the 65 nothing drubbing Eastern Michigan faced against Florida Gators. And, you know, Florida showed last week that they might be a little bit vulnerable because they, they almost, frankly, should have lost to Kentucky. The game went overtime, and the play clock went to zero, and Florida got a chance to snap the ball on a fourth and seven. They scored, touchdown, prolonged the game, ended up winning that game. But uh, really, our sample is, in my mind, is based on that 65 nothing game that Eastern Michigan played against a, a pretty good team. So, minus 45 and a half for Michigan State. What do you think, buddy? I I think it could be more. I mean, just uh, I I think you have these small teams that come into these big stadiums, and you know, especially going to the swamp in Florida, it's such a hard place to play. So, a Spartan Stadium. Uh, you know, I know the I think Rob Bolden, a guy that I went to high school with, may start for EMU. Okay. Um, he was a quarterback at Penn State. Then the Joe Paterno thing happened. He transferred to LSU. Then he transfers to Eastern Michigan to play his last year. Uh, I mean, Rob was a good quarterback in high school, but he's just after those all those first two years at Penn State playing Alabama, he just something messed him up a little bit. Okay. Um, but I just I just think Eastern doesn't have the offense. They don't have the defense. It's it's going to be a trouncing. Yeah. I, I I see the second team coming in pretty early. Uh, third quarter, probably at least playing most or all of the second half. So Yeah. So the question I have, do you think Michigan State will be covering the minus 45 and a half? Yes. All right. And do you think that Michigan State is going to give up double-digit points to Eastern Michigan? Yeah. I'd, I'd say they'd give 10. They'll give 10? Okay. So while Brooks thinks of his score, I'm going to say that I have Michigan State winning 55 to 9. That's a 46-point spread. I think they're going to cover by a half. I think that it's going to be 55-3 and that Eastern Michigan gets a touchdown at the end and the coach says, let's just go for two because the chart says at 46, go for two. And then they don't make it. 
So 55-9, which does put it over. I think Michigan State's going to put the game over on their own. The question always comes down to is how bad does D'Antonio want to destroy an in-state rival? Because you don't want to put up 70, 80 points against the team in the state and make them look that bad. So that would be the only hesitancy I have at saying Michigan State's going to easily cover the 46. Because like against you know the, in our first game against Jacksonville State, it was 38 nothing at halftime, and then the game only ended up 45-7. to So I kind of could see similar things here. I expect Cook to work only in the first half, get a few pass touchdown passes to Lippitt and, and company. I, I think that we're going to try to establish a running game more, so that could run the clock. But I think just the defense is going to cause turnovers. And I watched some of the Florida highlights against Eastern Michigan, and it's kind of like the Red Sea parting. And so I think we're going to be able to score at will. So 55-9 is what I got. I'm going to go – I don't think it's going to get to 60 because I don't think that's just that's not big time football to no, put up no. sixty points. I agree. I'm gonna go fifty two to ten. Fifty two ten. So you do have the game going over, but you don't think we're covering the forty five and a half. No. All right, and that's totally fair. That's what's tough. That's why it's tough. And honestly, like it's fun to talk about this one, but this is one that I probably would stay away from just because I, it's an in-state rivalry. And Michigan State, D'Antonio is not the type of guy that I see that wants to drub. Like we have no animosity towards Eastern Michigan. They've done nothing wrong to us. There's really no history of us, you know, losing to Eastern Michigan. So I, you know, it's like people say, well, Central Michigan beat Michigan State a few years ago. Yeah, this isn't Central Michigan, and this is a little different. So, I, and and to be honest, I mean, we remember last week we were talking about uh, Wyoming was plus forty four at Oregon. Well, Wyoming had a seven nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the end of the score, but I think it was like forty eight to fourteen or something mm-hmm. like that. So Wy- Wyoming did cover, but Oregon was able to score at will once Mariota got going. So my whole point is Wyoming's coming in the following weekend. And then Nebraska comes in. So really, I expect a three and one Michigan State team comfortably, easily three and one. It de- we're going to see how good is Michigan State once Nebraska comes to town. If Michigan State can win a double-digit victory over Nebraska, then we can start thinking about building towards maybe getting back in the t- in the top, you know, four pick yeah. e- eventually. But these next two weeks are not going to be very much for other than just you know us getting work. Yeah. So I mean, it definitely helped that Georgia lost South Carolina and some other teams, you know, and. It's a long season. People are going to lose, and yeah, especially in the SEC, if you have what they had. I think they had seven teams within the top fourteen, which was unheard of. I think that's the first conference to ever do that. That's crazy. Which is which yeah. is ridiculous. And, you know, both last week, Brooks and I expected uh, uh, Georgia Bulldogs to go into South Carolina and, and cover six points. I expected a 45-38 win, and you know, Georgia had a chance to tie the game with a field goal at thirty-eight thirty-five. They missed that, and South Carolina was able to run the clock out and and get the victory at home. So. Uh, you know, that that is a tough, tough division, that SEC. So, you know, like you said, there, there's some powers there. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, at the end of the season, how many of those teams are going to be in the top five, top four area? So it, it could be two or three. Yes. You know, with Alabama and Auburn's going to play a tough game against uh, Kansas State this week. So... Anyway, all right. Well, the next one has a little bit of controversy around it. And uh, there's Jameis Winston getting himself in trouble again. And I'm not going to make any uh, rude comments about Jameis Winston, but I think it's just an objective person would say you shouldn't stand up in a public place and yell obscenities. Whether it's an Internet meme, you don't say F somebody in pu- You just don't do it in public, especially when you're a public figure, when you're a... Uh, 
I know, and people say yeah, he's 19, 20 years old and stuff, but it's just something strange going on. And I'm not here to psychoanalyze Jameis Winston, but he went and he apologized for, and he said it was a selfish move to my team. Well, it was super selfish to do to your team because what what are the coaching staff supposed to do? You do something that's like publicly embarrassing in a horrible way. Like it's like something a, a, a kid in high school would do. You would get sent straight to detention for a few days, if not suspended from school for doing something just vulgar. He stood up basically in a public restaurant and just yelled out the F word when every all eyes are on him. So he, so Jameis Winston suspended. So Florida State, and I'm shocked at this, they were minus 19. It only went down to minus 17. So Clemson's going into Florida State. So there's an ACC battle over under 60.5. Florida State did not cover against Oklahoma State in their real you know tough test that they had. So I'm I'm gonna let you go with this, but uh, without Jameis in one half, boy, that 17 points seems like a lot to me. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing is if if you're Clemson, which I was watching a little college football live this week earlier this weekend, you know the who do you start? Do you start Cole Stout, the the veteran, or do you start this this freshman they have in Deshaun Watson, who apparently is a very good dynamic player, and they were saying that they, he may be more of a better fit against the Florida State defense than Stout would be. Okay. Um, but I mean, don't be fooled by Clemson. I Clemson is a very good team. Uh, you know, they've played a tough schedule in the beginning with starting with Georgia, then right. South Carolina, yep. and then you have Florida State now. So they are prepared. They they are they are ready. But are they gonna are they gonna uh are they gonna crap their pants like they usually do against big against yeah, big teams? Yeah, I don't teams? see them winning, but I do see them keeping it around ten points. To yeah. be honest, yeah. Um, so first, sure, I think. You know, I I don't think Florida State wins by seventeen. Okay, I think that that's too high for me. I'm yeah. I think they at least win by ten points. Yeah, Florida State, and then it's fifty four and a half. Or it's or sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half. So I'm gonna go Florida. I'm gonna say Florida yeah. State, and I'll do it right this time. Okay. Florida State's gonna do <laughs> thir- cool. thir- thirty five. Okay, and I'm gonna go Clemson twenty eight. So they win by a touchdown, yeah, and then that puts it that puts it over. Uh, you have it at sixty three. Yeah. Oh, I did so say they win by ten, but I'm going to say no, that's that, okay. Yeah. Hey, you, you feeling thirty five twenty eight? Yeah, I'm still feeling thirty five twenty eight. I mean, because it, it really at this point it doesn't matter. I mean, the, if if you if you go like let's say thirty five twenty five, then you got it at sixty. So it's, yeah. it's just a matter. Do you think this game's going to go over sixty point five? I think it will. Yeah, I definitely think it will. Just because up tempo, uh, I'd expect. You know, is it Jameis to the rescue? Does Clemson have like let's say a seventeen ten halftime lead, and then Jameis throws four touchdowns in the second half? So you know, that's that's where I'm torn at the over under on this one. I just think that Florida State will not cover seventeen. So I guess I'm going to say under in this game. And that's just because the the Heisman Trophy, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, he's such a great athlete. We saw in Oklahoma State, he's not just a passer. He can scramble. He can hop. The, his athleticism is removed from the equation for one half of football. It's going to be one of those things where I'm thinking maybe it's, you know like, like I said, 17-10 or something at halftime, maybe even less, 13-10. Clemson at halftime, he comes back. So I'm going to say Florida State wins a game that they, they, they stay under. I'm going to say Florida State wins 28-24, and that's thanks to Jameis coming back. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before this guy – does enough we've seen a horrible like uh you know string of things in the nfl with ray rice uh you know uh, beating up his fiance now wife in an elevator we have adrian peterson taking corporal punishment to his son a four-year-old with a switch and leaving welts on a boy um yeah brandon marshall years ago getting in fights with his girlfriends yes and brandon marshall is a good example of somebody who changed yes who can change and that's what you always hope for somebody but it's weird that james winston is just he it's not it's not really registering with him he's really 
really he's kind of being like a Johnny Manziel. He's really eating up the spotlight. I he's agree. loving it. He wants to bask in it. Yeah, and and we're seeing corporate sponsors starting to you know put out messages and and pull sponsorship of actual players. And so I'm wondering if we're at a a, a moment where like a, they'd say a sea change where. You know, people have had enough of this, so uh, it's an interesting time for sports media just to follow this stuff. But Jameis Winston, it, it's it's an embarrassing thing because it's so unnecessary. That's why I question. I mean, like it's it's just like you said, Johnny Manziel. He's on a different plane, so he feels like he's playing around with the world to some extent, but it's detrimental to his team. So I think we're kind of looking at like a new type of athlete. I think with the different era of college football and athletes and. Uh-huh. Uh, that's for sure. I think about this topic. Just people are, they don't, they don't take it as it is much. They love to, they want to bask in it. And they really want to get as much of it as they can. Yeah, it's weird because the attention is there so much, but now you and it's. I just don't know. I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but it's just, it's just strange to think that someone who knows he's being watched would do something that's so clearly idiotic. Mm-hmm. There's really no other way to put it. And then it it manifests in something that's going to directly affect your team. And if they lose to Clemson, th- this is a vilified guy now. They're going to start hating him and saying, you, you ruined something, man. You ruined Florida State's ability to repeat as champions. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and also, uh, just bring up another s- yeah, sure. stat for Florida State, uh-huh. too, about how close we think this game is going to be. Okay. They only beat Oklahoma State. State by six points, thirty-seven, right. thirty-one. Yep. And then they played Citadel the the next week. They only won thirty-seven to twelve. And Citadel is not a powerhouse no, in football. And this is the, not the same defensive Florida State team that that's been in the past. So yep. Yeah. So th- this is a whole new ball game yep. and a whole new team for Florida State, and, and they better watch out. Yep. They could be on upset alert. Okay. So moving on, this game I find particularly interesting because I think the home team. Uh, I'm spoiling everything early, but I think the home team is going to fare very well here. It's Oklahoma Sooners, and I, I of course blanked on his, the, the the they lost one of their players, uh, one of their up Ford players, Ford. Uh, he he went down in the Tennessee game. So Oklahoma is favored by eight. At West Virginia, over under 61.5, games taking place in Morgantown, West Virginia, and this is a Big 12 matchup. It's so odd for me to think about West Virginia to be in a customarily Midwestern conference. But West Virginia is getting eight points at home. Last week they played Maryland on the road. It was a very high-scoring game, and they got the victory. So we have two teams that like to put points up, so I feel very comfortable to say this game's going to go over, and I also think that West Virginia is going to hold their own at home. I don't think they're going to win, but I'm just going to come right out and say it because there's really not much to analyze. Just I, I, I think that West Virginia is in a very high-tempo, up-tempo game, loses 38-34. So I'm just going to come out and say that. So okay. go ahead, Brooks. What do yeah, you, what I, do you I think, think it's going to be close. I, I think the minus eight that Oklahoma's mm-hmm. giving up eight, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to be closer than that because West Virginia puts up points, and that's what they've always done. I mean, we're so used to Pat White, you know, oh, yeah. left hand, you know, run in and very speed up offense, and and you know they're still they still spread the field and they still run fast tempo. I mean, they have Clint Trickett back there, but you know, I I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to I think Oklahoma's going to win. I'm going to say Oklahoma is going to win. Uh, I'm going to go 38 to 35. All right, so we're kind of almost exactly on the same level. I said 38-34, you said 38-35. So, you know, I just I feel very comfortable about the over in that one. So it's just 61 and a half, and these are teams that just love up-tempo. Quick, quick snaps. Here we go, here we go, here we go. So mm-hmm. that one I, I feel extremely confident about the over. I'll say that. And, I, and I'm not saying it because I'm trying to jinx myself. I, we, we've been doing very well in over-unders. But uh, to summarize this week for NCAA Week 4, Eastern Michigan University is coming in to play the Michigan State Spartans. 
it's not that compelling of a matchup. I think Michigan State just goes through the motions, a lot of you know long runs, some easy quick drives. Michigan State should should cruise in that. Whether or not they cover the forty five and a half remains to be seen because I don't think D'Antonio wants to destroy an in state rival. But um, yeah, that's how I feel about that. So it's just uh, it's going to be a leisurely victory for Michigan State this week. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Brooks. My name is Dan Cryer, and that was Walk the Line NCAA Week 4 edition. And uh, I got Ryan Smith here tapping at the door, so let me go get that, uh, and then we're going to shift over to NFL. All right. Now here in the studio joining me for NFL Week 3 is Ryan Smith. Ryan, say hello. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Buddy. I don't know how it's are, going. Are you as good as me right now? <laughs> we have had one of the longer weeks of just not knowing what the H is going on in football. I mean, I can understand week one making no sense, but you got a good picture of how teams look in the NFL based on just how they performed, and you would expect that that would continue to at least to some extent. What we saw in week two was literally the same thing we saw last year, which was zero consistency. And we, you and I were very incorrect on our picks. So what do you got to say? I, I was I was one, one out of six, and you were unfortunately zero out of six. Yeah, I mean, part of predicting the spread is you like to look at what teams have done in the past and kind of pick up, pick up on some trends. And so, you know, week one, being bad, that's one thing. But in week two, it just it totally flip flopped again, and you look at a team like Green Bay at home to the Jets, who just looked subpar in week one against the Raiders. We both kind of predicted Green Bay to blow them out, and it, it took a late comeback for Green Bay to win that game. So just stuff like that, and who would have thought New Orleans would be zero and two? So just some some crazy things happening. Chicago losing at home to Buffalo in week one, and then going on the road and winning. Monday night football. They were football. down 10 at halftime. They're basically down 17 Sunday nothing. night football, yeah. And then they went 28 to 20. And so, and San Fran looked great in, in week one. So just, we, have, we haven't really picked up on anything yet this year. So no. hopefully week three is a little better than week two. And but man, it was, it was rough. I'm trying to temper my anger here, but <laughs> I, I told last week I spoke with Brooks Lambier and I told him how salty I was after our trip to Oregon. You don't get angry, Dan. No, I don't. I don't. No, right. Man. This is, uh, but here's the deal. Okay. Last week, like Ryan said, there was just some confusing things. And we both expected Seattle to win at San Diego. It turned out to be a tough place to play as per usual. Phillip Rivers hooked up with Gates a lot, and that was really good football. Like there were yeah, lots picked, of He picked that defense apart. Yeah, it was really good. But the three games that make me want to last week I wanted to destroy a styrofoam room. Now I, I want to destroy like glass and wood and things because this is and this is weird. I'm gonna criticize stupid coaching is the reason that we were wrong. So I don't think that it was because something crazy happened. I think that they're just dumb coaches. So, like, for instance, let me just be go on a rant real quick. Like, San Fran, you're up. You're not going to run the ball. You, what What's going on there? Kaepernick throws interceptions. The Bears keep going to Marshall. So I'm just like, what the heck is Harbaugh thinking? Okay, Denver, Kansas he's City. He's thinking he wants to go to Michigan. That's yeah, what he's I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so, like, Kansas City is in the game, and there, there were so many weird dumb penalties on Denver where, like, they had Kansas City three and out or something. But, like, is John Fox is the coach of Denver, correct? Yeah. This guy will not take timeouts at the end of the first half when they're about to stop Kansas City. Like, it was just stupid coaching. So, yeah, they won the game, luckily, because KC went down. But KC was stupid for not even scoring. 
thing. So that was dumb, but Denver didn't cover when they should have. And then St. Louis at Tampa Bay, that was one of the stupidest coach things ever. This is the reason the Bears fans don't like Lovey Smith. Tampa Bay is an embarrassing 0-2. They've lost both games at home and to the third-string quarterback for the Rams. And the second-string quarterback of the Panthers. Yes, so it's like, atrocious. They are, they are, there's 32 teams in the NFL, and I think Tampa Bay is like the 64th best team in the league. And, it's and because, people were predicting them as a playoff team, yeah, too, at the beginning seriously. of this year. So that's already out the window. They're just moronically coached, yeah. and sorry, Tampa Bay, you got stuck with Lovey Smith. So me saying that, now watch, Tampa Bay is going to go on an eight-game winning streak or something, but based on Tampa Bay being minus 5.5 against a terrible team, they lost 19-17, to 17, they never were going to cover the 5.5, and, and they just look atrocious. And it looked like the coaching staff had no idea idea how to manage the clock or anything and so good haha ha, i'm glad you're owing too but i feel really stupid and it's because of the stupid coaches who don't even know <laughs> how to coach their own teams so there's my rant yeah well i mean week two it was funny at the end of at, at the end of last week's show where i joked around and it's not so funny now i was like oh yeah tampa bay will lose and seattle will lose yeah. and new orleans will lose so everyone listening at home just pick those teams yeah, just well, do the opposite ha 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 they actually lost and I was 0-6, picking against the spread. Now, so. to our credit, both you and I were 4-4-6. Four, four, so we were we were right four times and only wrong twice about this over-unders. That was uh, pretty similar week one, too. Yeah, we're, Ryan and I, I would, I, I'm going to start saying I am an expert of over-unders because <laughs> we always have a good feel for the games. And when Brooks and I talk over-unders, we're really good at over-unders. You're going 0-6 and unders this week. I just <laughs> you watch. <laughs> no, I, I feel very confident with my over-under assessments because we know what type of games are going to be played. Like, I knew that Tampa Bay-St. Uh, Louis game was going to be ugly, and it sure as heck was. It was 1917. So, and the Seattle-San uh, um, Diego game went 31-20. We knew that was going to go over. So, we have a good feel for that. So, I'm just going to give us a little credit here. But picking against the spread, it's been just atrociously bad for us, and it's very difficult. So We exchanged a few texts last night about our superpowers in baseball. I texted you yeah. that uh, the Cubs had a no-hitter going. You told me I jinxed it. The it very only took next, about 20 The very next hitter double. hit a double, and mm-hmm. then you started watching the Tigers game. Yeah, they hit a three-run they homer a- <laughs> in the top of the ninth. I was like, sweet, because I had the Tigers last night and then Nathan comes in and does what Nathan does best which is take a big dump on the baseball game so at least we're lucky enough to have some superpower like some people just have none hey, we can we can use ours for good or you want to you want to you want to be right listen to us and do the opposite <laughs> I promise I wish we could do the opposite but no matter what we do we're screwed either direction so just follow us and do the opposite and we're not kidding but not on over-unders we're, we're talking about spreads and wins and stuff like that so shall we start Ryan shall we start with the week three yeah let's get going and let's stay local here uh, yeah. Green Bay coming off a shaky win at home against the Jets. They come up here to Detroit, and Detroit's surprisingly favorites after a, a loss in which they only had, you know, they just had seven points last week, right? Detroit lost twenty four to seven to Carolina. Twenty four seven, and so Detroit's back at home. They're they're two point favorites, and the over under is fifty three there. So, kind of two teams coming off bad weeks. What do you think there? Well, it's really difficult for me to think that. Detroit is very good in any way. Their first win, 25-14 to 14, over the New York Giants. Who look awful. Awful. <laughs> they lost at home to Drew Stanton, MSU grad, but he's a backup quarterback for Carson Palmer playing for the Arizona Cardinals. He, uh, Drew Stanton, led the Cardinals to a double-digit victory in the Meadowlands against the Giants. And the Giants have had seven straight games of four turnovers or more. That's yes. unbelievable. Yep, just sloppy, sloppy yeah. ball. and um, Eli ball. 
Yeah, it, it's not good. And Green Bay, they fell behind early 21-3, to which prevented them from covering the spread against the Jets. But they, they got their they, they got you know their sea legs underneath them. They, they figured it out. And then, but Lieutenant the, Dan, you have no legs. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of the game, you know, uh, there's Rodgers pitching an 80-yarder to Jordy Nelson on a one-play touchdown drive. And, you know, it, it was 21-3, and McCarthy decided to go for a field goal, and they were booing. And I was like, no. Get your points. Get yeah. your points and watch what happens. You know, next thing you know, they cut Especially it to 21-15. Then they got to, you know, they, they so they ended up winning that 31-24. to And I expect them to put up the exact same amount of points against a team in Detroit that won't score as much. So uh, you got 53 and a half. That's right perfectly where I think it's going to be, you know, right in that 31-20 range or something like that. I mean, so I'm going to say that uh, Green Bay definitely covers. They're they're going to win the game. So it's funny that they're dogs in the road. So I like Green Bay to put up. I, I'm going to just push this over because I just see an over happening over 53, 53 and a half. So I'm going to say 34-24. Uh, to 24, uh, Green Bay wins by 10 and it pushes the game over. Okay, yeah, I'm with you there. But I, I do think the Lions are frustrating enough as a, as a fan base where – They'll make it close and then find a way to lose it. Typically, these games between these two teams are a little more high-scoring. Detroit's at home. They, it's It always seems like they put up... I don't have any number on it, but it just seems like they score more at home. Definitely. That in dome the Dome, it's atmosphere. louder. Uh-huh. And But Green Bay being dogs here is funny because it just seems like they're kind of destined to win the division this year, and this is a game where you know this is a must-win for Green Bay if, if you're going to win the division. So Definitely. I like them to, to beat a Lions team that continues to just shoot itself in the foot with stalled drives and yeah. penalties and just questionable coaching. Like you said, it's a, it's a new regime, but they had the ball with about a minute 15 and they, they completed a pass over the middle. They had all three timeouts and they just ran the clock down to Doesn't 45 and then they, so often they had an week. incompletion. The Lions didn't call one timeout last yep. week. When you have seven points and you call zero timeouts, like what's going on there? Especially if like the coaches are even doing anything. And, and so... To me, it just Green Bay. Yeah, it was a little funky last week. Maybe they just underestimated the Jets, but I like them to come in and win. Uh, I like the game to go over, just a little more high scoring. I I also have Green Bay scoring thirty four, but the Lions will make it closer and put up thirty. Cool. So uh, yeah, that's gonna go way over. You got it at sixty four, and I could see that happening for sure. I just think you know Green Bay. After I said, I'm I'm not sure what to to expect from the Bears because the Bears had a stinker at home and then had a stinker first half and then for some reason they could do no wrong and that's be, because we've proven Ryan and I have proven without 100 percent it's because we picked San Francisco just letting everybody know oh. right <laughs> but I I do think Green Bay is the class of the NFC North and I think that uh, Green yeah. Bay is going to you know start to extend itself by getting this uh, interdivisional um, intradivisional road win look out for my Vikings baby. Yeah, Vikings. Yeah, I mean they got <laughs> trucked at home by New England last week. Are we calling that home? Playing in a college? Yeah, they're in the <laughs> Stadium where the Gophers play. So it's like it was full. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, that's what happens when you win one game and go one zero. <laughs> so now, now the the Vikings fans know. All right. Would uh, I would like to move on to game two? This is a big one. Big one because it's a four p.m. start. So that Green Bay game is going to be one p.m. Eastern. This one's a four p.m. It's a Super Bowl match rematch. Uh, Denver Broncos finally going on the road. They they've already hosted Indianapolis and Kansas City this season. It's their first road test. And where do they got to go? They got to go to the Great Northwest to Seattle, where the Seahawks are minus four and a half. The over under is forty nine. So another up tempo game expected here. And uh, what do you think, Rye? I mean, just first off, kind of going back to last week and a loss for Seattle, we talked about questionable coaching. Marshawn Lynch had six carries last week. Yeah. And we 
the week before we just praised him because he is just such a, a stabilizer. Winning or losing, he yeah. can just get you up the field yes. methodically, and all of a sudden he'll break one. And he and caught boom, that back. screen pass for yeah, a touchdown just, and waltzed into the end zone. So how are you going to have one of the best running backs in the league getting six carries in a road loss? And so, you know, and Peyton likes to control the game a little more, and I, I yeah. would think that Seattle is going to try and run the ball a little more, but... 49 seems low, so I, I do like these teams to kind of go back and forth. And because both these teams can score so quick that regardless of how good the two defenses are, they they can just put up points in bunches. So I'm Seattle doesn't lose at home, but I don't think Denver is as as shy as they were in the in the Super Bowl. So they'll put up some points too. Okay. So I'm gonna go Seattle gets a win at home, okay. but doesn't cover, and they win 27-24. 27, so, so a nice ball control game that stays under. Or no, that goes that's over. over. That's yep, 51. That's wow. 51. You know, 49 doesn't seem it's, like that That's much. what I said. I, I think this game it'll be go low scoring in the sense that where there's good defense and it's not run and gun, but 49 is low. And like I said, if you give Peyton, you know, maybe it's maybe it's 10-3 or something like that before the half and Peyton has a minute and he goes down and gets a touchdown or right. something, boom, 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 it's 10-10 it's or something like that. Or just even at the end of a quarter, you go score or something, but who knows? Well, here I go again because uh, <laughs> it's it's Seattle, okay? So they, I, I expected them to be able to just, you know, freight train the entire league. We see that that's not possible. Phillip Rivers, really, he's I, not a favorite quarterback of mine because he's so good. And he did what he did last week, and he's going to continue to be great. We're going to look back at Phillip Rivers and be like, man, that dude's a tough QB. But now... Seattle's back home, and they're angry. And those fans are going to be just drooling to just scream their heads off for hours. So I think that it's going to be a just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just disruptive. Dis- and they're going to be a, you know Starbucks stuff and everything. <laughs> I mean, so I'm looking for kind of a repeat that they had against the Packers. I think that this is going to be a double-digit victory cool. for Green Bay that does go over. This 49 doesn't really seem like much. I think Seattle can get 38 on the board against Denver. So, and I think wow. they'll keep Denver into the, I think they'll keep Denver into the 20. So I'm going to go 30 27 in this one. Wow, yeah, 38 just, points yeah. against that Denver defense. Yeah, I think that Seattle's just going to overwhelm them because they're home and they're angry. I mean, I look back at the Super Bowl, and yes, it was a blowout, and maybe maybe Peyton just was spooked a little bit, and I just got to believe that that game started so funky, and they just got out of rhythm so early in that game, and that's kind of why Seattle took off. Yeah, Denver's going to want to control the ball early, get it in Peyton's hand. They're going to have some longer drives and stuff, so yeah. I, I don't expect... Seattle to just blow blow up like you think so that that'll okay. be interesting yeah and I'm I'm remembering last week Kansas City had they started the second half with like a 19 play drive that kept getting first downs because of penalties but that's they what went you have to do 10 minutes and then missed a field goal <laughs> zero so that's why points. that game stayed under I was like great I'm like great anyway Pey- um, Peyton needs some redemption he'll keep it close here okay this that, is cool. that's we, what I'm we thinking. both like the over though in both games so far. All right, so the third one, I'm going to introduce and let Ryan run on this one. Uh, it's San Francisco 49ers who blew a big lead against the Bears. Now they're traveling not too far, but they're going to Arizona. They'll be indoors, and the uh, Arizona Cardinals are minus three, and the overrunners 42.5. So the first question I have before you get going is, uh, is uh, Drew Stanton still going to be playing? Do we know? Or See, is that, that I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really heard anything on that. I, I would, Yeah, either way. I would assume shot. Stanton, but definitely a battle of defenses here because – San Francisco is allowing just over 22 points a game, and Arizona is allowing just 15 and a half. Yeah, but I see uncertain status for Sunday, so we don't know yet. I would assume. But you're right. I, I don't think there. there's a huge difference in points wise of which quarterback plays. Uh, I kind of looked back to last year when these two teams played, and similar story, great defenses. But when the two met, 
the totals were 44 and 52. So both of those go over the the over under of 42 from this week. So um, initially, I like it to go a little bit over. Okay. San Francisco coming off a tough week. Well, not a tough week, just a a head shaking week yeah, where you go I think how like us. how did we do that? Mm-hmm. I still think they're the second best team in the NFL behind Seattle. I know people are high in Denver right now, but San Fran won't lose two in a row, so I like them to go on the road and get a 24-21. Great. Okay, this is uh, I've already written my, written my score in there, and I also agree San Francisco will be winning. I think it's one of those things where they're going to be mad at themselves so bad, and I just Arizona, they're a quality team. They're going to probably get nine or ten wins this season, squeeze in as a wild card team. Mm-hmm. But I think San Francisco gets eleven because I think three teams from that division can make it to the playoffs. Yeah, Seattle's going to win it, and then there's going to be two people. So. What I think is that uh, San Francisco puts up 24, so I agree 100% with you. You have it going over. I have it staying slightly yeah, under. I right think there. that that might actually stay under, but... I have 24-16 okay. because, you know, give up some field goals. But mm-hmm. San Francisco needs to prove to themselves and to the fans that uh, that they they are a tough team, and I think they can do it, especially if Carson Palmer's not going to be in there. So, But uh, they, I, I'm, I feel like they should be ashamed of themselves for blowing that game on Sunday night. I, I agree. I think San Fran and Green Bay are both kind of in the same boat of coming off weeks where they didn't play as well as they'd hope. The difference is Green Bay came away with a win, so San Fran definitely needs to get one in the division on the road. All right. Uh, next, moving on, I will let Ryan introduce this one, but I will say I think we're going to agree on the over-under call on this game. So why don't Ooh, you Okay, one? interesting, because I'm not so sure on this all right, one. Okay, so, okay. All right, Washington, the Redskins, travel to Philadelphia. The Eagles are home favorites by 6.5. The over under is fifty and a half. So uh, I have my score written down. So tell Would me, you like me to. Well, here's the deal. We have Kirk Cousins in there. Uh, RG three suffered a dislocated ankle in early. It was seven nothing over the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. It was a disgusting injury, but one that they said there were no like fractures or anything. It just kind of detached, which proves to you that RG three is made together with like Legos and some some little sticks. Glass, and stuff. glass Poor guy. ankles. I just uh, I'm sorry, and and just you know he's kind of like the Derrick Rose of football. I can't you know poor. Derek Rose, he looks good right now, but one or two or Adidas. Yeah, geez, seriously. Everyone who wears Adidas stuff just goes down. <laughs> there it is. We found it. We found it. But um, you know, Kirk Cousins is a solid, solid quarterback, and he he helped put up forty one points against Jacksonville, who's not very good. We've seen and they ran the ball pretty stinking well. I mean, yep, Alfred, Ar- Morris Alfred Morris. Just, say, yeah. yep. he looked like an All Pro running back last dude. week, and and the Eagles. They there are some things they struggle with. Yeah, Eagles came back and won at Indianapolis. It was a commendable win. It, they were down twenty to six, and then they came back and won thirty to twenty-seven. But I just I've seen it all preseason, and I've seen it twice now. The Eagles games get into the fifties. This is fifty point five. All right, here we so go. I, I just think we have a very high scoring game here. I do not think Philly covers the six and a half. I think it's going to stay close because Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. So I like Philadelphia to win at home in a very high scoring game. I like thirty four thirty one in this one. So you. Did you think we were going to agree or disagree? I thought we were going to agree on the oh, over. Oh man! All right. Well, we're interesting. I'm, okay. I am uh, double opposite of you, but okay. I'm gonna. I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan and not a big RG three fan, so I will throw this in real quick. Okay. That Cousins threw for 250 yards last week and two touchdowns. RG three's only done that twice in his career. So I mean, Cousins came in one time as a solid like, quarterback. Check this, check this out. Yep. Hey, yeah, kind of reminds me of a Russell Wilson. Where he's not super flashy, but he gets it done. He gets it done, yeah. and the numbers are there at the end of the game. Okay. So um, the the big difference here, though, is I was reading up and Cousins' numbers when he comes into a game 
as opposed to starting a game yeah, different. are just so different. His QBR is 65 when he comes in as a backup and 40 as a starter. And his win-loss he's, is way worse. I don't have the number in front of me. but yeah. And maybe that comes with being there's a little more pressure in preparation okay. for a game. And because of that, I don't think Washington will score as many points this week. He, you know, now that Philly knows that it's going to be Cousins, they can design some stuff to confuse him maybe a little, just some some NFL coverage that he's not used to seeing. So, and it's Washington. They, they had three wins last year. So I think uh, Philly wins this game and covers the six and a half. But okay. I, I also like the game to stay under. All right. So I'm going to go Philly 27-13. So just nothing for Washington then, just maybe a drive here or there. Yep. All right. See, I, I expect big plays. I mean, I, I, I just think that Philadelphia w- is prone to give up points. But I they, would they love to see Washington win this game now that Cousins is in there, but I just I don't think Yeah. I, it's tough. Your first start of the year, now you're expecting On it. Maybe you, maybe you don't sleep as much the night before. Because, I mean, when you're a backup, I hear you. you're ready to play, but you just tell yourself I mean, I you're ready to play. He got, he, they were garbage at the end of last year when they went 3-13. and 13. He started the last Everyone else games. had checked I mean, in at that, or really, checked out checked at that out, point. Yeah, they're just yeah, like, just, So this is a new team, and I, Washington can feel yeah. calm because it's his team, at least for the foreseeable future. And there was tons of newspaper articles this week. Just is he the guy? I think people do believe in him as the starter. In most situations, you're like, "Oh, it's our backup quarterback." No, this is a guy who could start. Yeah. On you know, I I can think of five or six teams off the top of my yeah. head. He could go to today and not be as flashy as RG three, but he's way more. Hey, effective. what has that flash gotten him? Yeah, so far exactly. So we're What's, in the skim. I mean, this is not another week where yes, it's great to have football, but we only have like about three good games, three four good games this week, and even the Monday night game, which I'll introduce here, is 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 one that's it's confusing. I'm confused. Here's Chicago. They lose at home, then they go on the road and win by eight. The Jets they won over the Raiders, who lost thirty to fourteen to the Texans at home. And they were down. They, the Raiders love to score uh, meaningless touchdowns late. My point is that that by that the Jets aren't that good. Okay, they they got blitzed in the second half against Green Bay. The Jets are favored minus two and a half against the Bears. Over under forty five. The and Bears. Half. And the, if the Bears figured out you got to throw it up to Marshall, why aren't the Bears going to just go in on Monday night and win another game? I mean, they like I'm nighttime like games. So I mean, over under that's tough forty five and a half. But uh, you know, I just. I I guess I just think you know definitely Bears are winning the game. Yeah. So Bears money line. The Jets have just proven incompetent on so many levels yeah. this year. So I mean it's weird because Chicago looks so bad against the the Buffalo Bills at home and the Bills though did win a very good game against the Dolphins. So maybe the Bills are way better than we know. CJ Spiller had some great runs against the Dolphins. So did Fred Jackson, yeah. both of those guys. Yeah, so two-headed monster. Maybe the Buffalo Bills are are way better than we expected. But the Chicago Bears are going to go into the Meadowlands and beat the Jets. Uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be, uh, let's go, they're not going to destroy them, destroy them. They but might. I'm going to say 24 to uh, twenty-four to 20 in that one. And then it's a, just a victory because Chicago's getting points. So I'm going to say 24-20. I'm with you. I think Bears go in. Just, I mean, the Jets will hang around just because that's what the Jets, they're kind of like the Lions in that sense. They'll play yeah. well enough to be like, ooh, this game's pretty good. And then yeah. they'll... They'll just have some head-shaking play calls or, you know... I agree. ...call a timeout on a touchdown on 4th and 18 from the 40. Stuff like that that make you the Jets. So, Bears will go in, get a win. It's still early. Bears fans like to get hopeful for the playoffs yes, and all do. that. And then they'll they'll manage a way to be 8-8. Eight and eight. Exactly. So, it, it's it's still September on my calendar. So, that means the Bears will be winning. Yep. Uh, I like them to go in. Kind of a maybe a messier game, too, like a 23-16 
I could I buy that. So yeah. we be- both kept it under. We're not expecting a big high flying game. And the, yeah, the only way it goes over is if the Bears do what you said and just go to Marshall like they did. They need to. So well, see that I'm I'm feeling better. I was I I'm not. I gotta when I gotta Sunday see, night see ended. I told Ryan I don't even want to watch football anymore. <laughs> okay, I felt so stupid, and it was like every game was it was making me angry. It just wasn't fun because of the coaching. So I, I hopefully coaches will figure out how to coach their teams correctly. And I know it's a tough job. I'm not a football coach, but when Ryan says when you when you have a team driving and you're not calling timeouts, or you stop in a team and you're not calling timeouts, you're I'm giving wondering, it to. Marshall what else Lynch. are you doing? What else are you Six doing times. as a coach? Do you guys not talk about calling timeouts and to like, <laughs> like, it's just weird because it 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 not only affects the points but it affects your team's ability to win a game. So they don't roll over to the next game or half. Yeah, just, just use I'm, them. You got I'm them. I'm confused. So I and I'm I'm not I'm trying to take some some of the blame off myself here for being the stupid idiot. So, but I've always I've had tough weeks on NFL, especially. So maybe this week will be the one, and then we'll start to get because I always feel like about you know right when you start to get to the end of September, early October, that's when you get a feel for NFL. So I hope you're right. See. Cool. Well, that wraps up Walk the Line here this week. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I appreciate you listening. And uh, you know, Ryan, anything you want to add before you get out of here? Yeah, I like Dallas minus two. They're, oh yeah, yeah, they're uh, that's right. They're playing yeah. St. Louis. That's right, in St. Louis. So that's that's kind of my I can my pick to click that we don't really need to talk yeah, about. But that's ugly one. game. St. Louis should be winning. Dallas, nice job. They won 26-10 last week against Tennessee Titans. So they showed that they're I, – I thought if they lost that game that Garrett's job would be in, in question, you know, oh, oh he's because he's on the super hot seat after losing at home to the 49ers. But, yes, now I think Dallas has some confidence. Yep. They should go and roll. Just like New England won 30-7 at, at Minnesota last week, I think the Cowboys should do the Something exact similar. same thing. Yeah. So – Great. Well, Ryan, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, and, uh, good to be back, Dan. Good to see you as always. Awesome. Well, everybody take care, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week.